brought to you by GN and Co. Ayo, where you going? You know that it's after school is after school with your girl, Sis G-U. everyone. My name is and today I am at Greasy Tunes with Spotify and I have a very exciting guest as you guys can see. Next to me I have one of the biggest artists in Africa and globally at that. Since his debut in 2017 he has given us bangers such as Shuta Mugel, Gistar, 16 Days No Sleep and Kekeleza. Some know him as Pitori Maradona or President Yastrata from the streets of Pretoria to the rest of the world. Welcome, Focalistic. We are so excited to be with you today. Thank you. You guys can do better than that, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm nervous. I'm alive, but let's get it. Don't be nervous. How are you? Uh, I'm on edge. You okay. Know, super busy. Always. Uh, I've been shooting. Working. But I'm blessed, you know. Uh, every day being alive is a blessing. So, Amen. Yeah. Definitely. So you go by President Yastrata. I want to know where did that come from and why is it so important to you that the rest of the world associates you with that? You know, it's never been important for anyone to associate you with your real name. You know, mm. it's, it's your decision to do it. But mm. well, for me, with President Yastrata and how it came out, it started as a joke. Uh, I always make music for the streets. I want to motivate the people on the streets, you know, I've never wanted to like change who I've been, you know, from Kali. Mm. So I think it started as a joke, mm. and then, you know, Pori one day said, my Pori said, I think you need to keep that name. Mm -hmm. You know, even he didn't think, you know, it was like a serious thing. And mm. I was like, yo, so EP. I think I was still working with that villain. He's still here. Yeah, he in the building. Yeah, in the building. And then, you know, we took that and, and, and put it as the name of the EP. And then everywhere young, they would like, my president. And, you know, it happened like that. So whoever who feels like getting a president, they are one. That's what they call you. That's fine. Yeah. But still, you know, I'm going to be a king, king, a king, a king, a king, a king, Okay, and you are currently working on Strata Nation Address. Yes. Can you tell us more about it? It's a showcase. It's 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 the concert. Uh, you know, you said the catalog. You know, the catalog is 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 amazing. Crazy. So I, wanted, I wanted to put on a show for people. You know, make sure they understand. And I don't want to give away too much, but make sure you pull up to Strata Nation address, especially if Rata Strata and Rata Music. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a perfect marriage of Strata Music and you know dreams. Making sure you show people that dreams come true. You know, yeah. I come from a place where never lie. I rap or so. You know, being, and now being you're able to, the to showcase laugh. that, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> mm. you know, yeah, being able to showcase that as the last laugh. Okay, it's crazy. I like that last laugh, last laugh, last last. <laughs> um, and I'm correct in saying that it is on the 16th of September, yeah, 16th of September. 
botanical gardens haramba biduri be there or be square as far okay and when doing my research on you because obviously i had to do a little something one i know sorry um so my story is that i was at uct and then i dropped out and this is now what i do i'm a full-time content creator and a podcaster congrats thank you um and what i really resonated with was the fact actually no let me not say i resonate let me ask you the question first so you got your degree at tax yeah and your dad was an accountant No, my mom is an accountant. My dad, dad is a politician, a, oh. uh, a political journalist. Okay. So I, I think I still do the same thing, and that's why maybe even the name of president just started the works because I come from a very political background, you okay. know, especially mentally. You know, now I'm fighting the the newspaper, and then I had to read the newspaper from the page one to go my fellow, mm-hmm. and that's how I get like soccer boots and stuff. So. Oh, by you know, reading. This, yeah, yeah. So my dad was a journalist, and I'm a journalist. Just not, I'm a journalist that people dance to. You know, yeah. I'm always speaking about what I've seen, and you know how I've experienced life, documenting that, and it's crazy to see people dance and you know vibe out to that. Yeah, for sure. So with your parents being academics, and obviously you having a degree, when you decided to do music, and when you told your parents you're going to be an artist, how did they take to that? Not well. Uh, black parents. <laughs> you know, not well. I think. I used to play soccer, right? Okay. So, I was one of those those kids who would always go to soccer practice, mm. you know. And then Kanyaka Mike. So mm. today, Kanyaka Mike, my dad was still alive, and he's like, "I don't know what kind of Mike. Let the soccer boots you're gonna go on. I said to choose, you know. I think he said, uh, "My eh, jack of all trades, mm. master of none." So I was like, "Nagiyaga mic is still in a flopo." He got me my first mic. Nelebo my hundred rand, the USB mic. To all the producers out there, you know, a USB mic straight to laptop. Yeah. Quality zero. <laughs> <laughs> so I got that mic, and I thought I was low Wayne, You know, I was always just in the in the booth. Yeah, in the in the in the studio. Uh-huh. Well, not the studio. In my bedroom. Look at toilet. You learn that in the toilet, the reverb is crazy. So oh. it, it already sounds editing. Okay. So, so that was a hack. Yeah, so now my mom every day get toilet, I'm on sugar laptop or, <laughs> you know, and I was in like what grade nine at the time. Yeah. Nine, yeah. And then, you know, she took my mic at the time and I was like, you know what, I'm a flop of Kilanga's face because really like I've always been, you know, top top ten. Even graduating, I graduated golden key. You know, oh, so. congrats. Yeah, it was never like a problem to finish school. I just wanted to finish school so I can say I did it, mm. be different as an artist so you know i just continued there but it was it was a problem i think also another important thing for all the kids out there always know like our parents didn't have our opportunities man you yeah. know like they didn't know the internet strata you know so we always outside so we know you can become a podcaster on mm. you know that the revenue you can generate from youtube so don't be hard on them man still love my mom i think she's my biggest supporter now. i'm sure she is yeah. so she decided to like warm up to it as she saw you're doing well And that's not choice. I think. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people when they see my mom, you know, my mom focuses, they give my mom focus. So she had to accept it and come on, how easy. If we come to use our mom, you know, we we black people at the end of the day. So there's important things that you have to do, yeah. and that's why they want you to go to school or come to use or shut our road or mom, you know, get come to Romania, I come to Italy, go to Yeah. So 
Yeah. Yeah, I think our parents are always looking out for us, even when they don't understand. That's where the hesitation comes from. But they're just looking out for their children. And I'm learning that as well. You know, like growing up, you start seeing even your younger siblings. Like, Bruh. yeah, you will fight with them a lot, but it's because they don't understand the amount mm. of love you have for them. You know, like they'll make one decision and you, you see the 10, you know, mistakes that are there, mm. and they don't see it. So, yeah, I think my mom was just worried that I've become a draggy or something, you know, but. Yeah. As well, born, I get draggy, get yeah, the, you're doing so well. President yeah, okay. And recently you had a sold-out show in London. And in one of your interviews, you spoke to the fact that you were able to bring out the whole of the Spitori Super League. Yeah. yeah, and you said that it was that was something you'd been wanting to do for a long time. A very long time. When I started rapping as Spitori, it was a joke to people in Jovek. Like, king, and it's not even an official language. Yeah. Imagine. Like, yeah. It's not an official language. You know, so being able to represent Pitori all the way in London to 5,000 people, and this has been like, what, two, three years of, mm. of you know, pushing music internationally. So for me, it was a very big thing. And seeing, you know, Chico, MJ, Cooper on stage, I felt like crying when I had this big screen in, 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 in the dressing room and mm. watching them all perform. Ah, it's again, would you want to pay? The facts. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, okay, yes. Yeah, so you had brought everyone out and I get the sense that in the Amapiano community, you guys are very close-knit in that the producers know the rappers, the rappers know the vocalists, you know, everyone is very well acquainted with one another. How has the support that you've received internally within your community helped you in the success of your career? A lot. You mm. know, for me, I always say collaboration over competition. So even if it's a family, I'm a piano family. If just the way in your family, because the vision never changes. The yeah. vision stays the same. We're all just trying to, you know, make sure that our our generations to come are, are, are safe. Yeah. So for me, the support is immense. I would never do it without. I, I don't know how. Big shout out to Hypnotic Show. That's my DJ. Like, from everything that I actually have to do, it's support-based, you know. As much as Papa at the end of the day, you know, that personal touch is always the most important thing. The fact that, you know, when I'm feeling down, I can speak to, you know, people that are just around me and, mm. you know, we make a song like Kekeleza, you know. Mm. Uh, like Kekeleza comes from such a very sad place, but when you listen to the song, it sounds so happy. Is that so, yeah. Yeah, so driver, where did Kekeleza come from? You know, uh, like a lot of the time we don't speak about, you know, how can be dangerous, okay. you know, and not just dangerous to ourselves, mm. but dangerous even to them. Mm. Because Remesa, you miss the point of why, what, what you're doing, what you're doing for, you know, so taking it slow is better than rushing everything you know take it easy build yourself build your your, your dreams yeah you know, that's what yeah yeah Okay. And speaking about collaborations, it definitely seems as if like there has to be some sort of vibe with the person that you're collaborating with in that I'm a piano is very feel good. I can imagine that when you're doing collaborations with other artists, it has to be very feel good. And I wanted to know how you go about choosing who it is that you do collaborations with and how they come about. I've actually never chosen. Okay. To be quite honest, I think we choose like Le Fatela choose. Like yeah. I'm, I'm at EQ through Tamati. Mm -hmm. So I was speaking to Tamati. 
He's like, "Ejo, Khrumano go tarate. Eh, bambida Khrumano ngelo munya nebana." But you know, Tabati likes his respect for like that. Khrumano go tarate, and we the same age. Ara Khrumano go tarate BT. I'm like, "Yo, pull up." And at like a plus one, plus one here, hey, nyaka happy, nyaka happy. I get to be happy. Anyone out there panting and happy, I'm not too late back. So ah, uh, should we look fast and happy like And he's just freestyling. Yeah. Like a chop. When I'm on a ogare wantar. Yeah. Ogare on a something, and then when Tamati played the beat, he hopped on. So for me, I always feel like you know the vibes choose. Like really, get any age. Elinga mo studio direct, and I've never like went out to like. You know, fetch someone specifically. Yeah. I mean, and it's that speaks to how crazy it is, right? Because I have a song with them psyche in the same mm. breath, and even then, it's like I just found her with her guitar, is king, and then I was like, yo, I don't know if you mind. Like, I feel like I can write a song that you would relate to as mm. well, and you know, that that's just the vibe. So, yeah, it's energy. I think I'm a piano is a spiritual gift. I always say that, you know, half the I'm a piano artists will tell you about the spiritual gift. You know, we have crazy dreams crazy premonitions and mm. you know it's just Afri- i think it's 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 like the african ancestors revenge you know they here now they claiming yeah, what is yeah, theirs 100%. yeah that's lovely that's so beautiful i had the privilege of watching you last year on the afro nation stage in portugal and you blessed the stage yet again thank you this year and you were on the main stage with davido who you have a song with how was that experience i mean afro nation for me is crazy because When I first started traveling, people didn't know like I'm a piano. Mm. South Africa people knew Mandela. <laughs> so being able to see twenty thousand people on the piano stage at Afro Nation is crazy. Crazy. You know, that's Portugal. Yeah. Portimao. Yeah. You know, like, and being on the main stage and seeing people still singing the songs, you know, with David, for me is like. You know, it's our time. As I said, it's the African ancestors' revenge. They're showing the world what they can do with some ghetto kids and creativity. Mm, I think that's so. Like I, I, being someone who had experienced you at Afro Nation, and I saw you on the Ama Piano stage. The Ama Piano stage is the best stage at Afro Nation, like hands down. Yeah, they, they should make the Ama Piano stage the main stage. Yes, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I know many people would love to be able to experience you guys live. Which leads me to my next question. Did you always know that you'd be a superstar? Were you born with it? No. I mean, you practice in front of the mirror, Carolo, no. Yeah. But you never really think, you know, it's going to work. Uh-huh. Like you always just doing your thing and doing your due diligence in terms of the tangibles, that's music, that's content, that's how you want to dress, how you present yourself, mm. but you never truly prepared for a moment where You know, you, for example, like O2 Arena, I still, I was shaking. You know, it's like there's 20,000 people here who are saying your name. Like, mm. You know, those you, you can't prepare yourself. I don't think anyone can honestly say, you know, they were ready for, you know, that amount of, you know, people singing your song. And speaking about performances, how do you go about performing or preparing for your international performances? Because I can imagine like the nuances are very different. You have to prepare for yeah. each place. Big shout out to Spotify, you know, uh, places like this help the music For sure. get across, playlist things. So make sure a lot of playlists to Spotify every single way. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you guys are a big part of the reason why we can prepare for performances mm. there. Because it's easy to see, right? Yeah. You can see this song is popular in which area. Mm. And, you know, so that's how I go about it. Uh, I have a catalog that's widespread. You know, you I have songs with Diamond Platinum, songs with, you know, upcoming 
even West African artists, mm. you know. So that's how you choose to perf- uh, perform in Tiagwantle. But there's some staples, like, you know, you'll have a Gupta, you'll have a Kekeleza. Those are songs that you can't ever perform without doing, you know. I think yeah. at Afro Nation this year, I forgot Gupta, you know, those things happen. I mm. saw people were like wiling that Beyonce forgot her lyrics. You can even forget like to perform whole songs. Yeah. So I, for- I forgot to perform Gupta. And I could just hear people screaming and I'm like, and they said like Gupta. I'm like, oh damn. Yeah. yeah. So it's always fun, especially like my performances are are more we connecting, you know. So it's always fun when you when you get on stage and people are really going with you. So mm. you give your your full energy. Mm. I associate uh traveling with shopping, which I think you do too. Never. Sir, on your Never. Instagram, Never. we be seeing everything. Never. <laughs> I, I actually want to ask, I think you're a bit of, I think you're fashion forward. So where does your fashion sense come from? From Kasi. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kasi Joe, Timbalenda. Thank you. And then after a while, yeah, Boranya, you wanna be different. You wanna mm. like, okay, sharp. We were the real tracksuit mafia before tracksuit mafia in Ayama two thousand. Yeah. You know, and after a while you wanna just be different and you just keep progressing in there. So big shout out to zero one two Garanga Zone Two. Yeah, yeah. that's where I grew up. Go to a street. Okay. And since 2017, you've obviously had a career that has done exceptionally well and very quickly at that. I mean, Uista, it's very obvious. The talent speaks for itself. But how has the process of blowing up been? Blowing up? I don't think for me it was ever like a process Uh per se. I would say it's... Like you put in so much work that you never realize you blow you've blown up. Ah. Like you just in that work. Like yeah. it's this interview, it's this flight, it's this one, two, three. Like you never like I don't know. I wouldn't say like there was a moment where I felt like, oh, you know, I've yeah. blown up. Yeah. And for me, success has never been like that. Like success is not a destination, it's not a place you like get to. Mm. Success is a it's a process. And mm. Being able to, you know, I always say the process is better than the outcome. So be, being able to continue the process, people like overlook the amount of effort you have to put in to continue doing something. Like, yeah. for example, you having to always when our host down always that's success in itself you know being able to stay motivated and doing that and growing it like okay got you got to talk about 100 2000 and that's where i'm at you know i think i'm i'm at i'm I'm at that point where it's like okay sharp we've done venues in south we've done africa we've done west africa Mm. you know like let's try America and we did the tour in America for like three months. Yeah, you know, toured all, all all states and you know that was a crazy thing. So I don't know. I wouldn't say success is like somewhere you get to. It's about like continuing and 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 growing and you know being the best at what you do every yeah. day, not y- once off. Yeah, you look like you're enjoying it too. Everywhere you perform, everywhere you go. Yeah, no, definitely. I never go to the yeah. I mean, living. I always say people who do their passion as a job because like, mm. it doesn't feel like it like speaking right now i feel like i'm alone just when i look up i remember hey, hey they have people, yeah. 
But yeah, I'm in my own zone, man. I'm having fun. And I think growing up also does that, you know. Uh, I'm at a point where I'm comfortable. I'm realizing that we're all human beings. Thanks. You know, it's not that deep, man. Like, I'm just yeah, doing my thing. You're just doing your thing. Um, as I've, like, progressed in my own journey, I often have people to... T- I often have people warning me to not lose myself in this industry. Um, and I want to know, how do you keep yourself si- sane and grounded? I love my mom. I never wanted to ever look at me and ever think I've changed. Okay. So, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I don't have anything else to say. It's my mom. Yeah. It's my family. I'm involved in the family drama. Like, hey, what's up? Yeah. That's how I stay sane, you know. Yeah. I'm really that guy. Okay. <laughs> and how have you been able to just manage your mental health in all of what you do? I feel like you're very busy. You're on stage. You're around people all the time. Are you always in a good place? Do you always feel like performing? Yeah, I mean, for me, music is my therapy, you know? Okay. The story of how I actually started making music is my dad had passed away, uh-huh. and I didn't have, like, friends to speak to because, like, people were still going to school and mm. keeping it moving, just mm. like how the world happens, you know? Mm. And when I saw Lil Wayne, you know, it sounds, like, dumb, but, like, Lil Wayne said he doesn't have a father, so I was like, eh, this guy doesn't have a father, <laughs> and he raps about it. I'm also going to rap about it. And then I started writing, started writing, you know. I had books on books of lyrics. And after a while, I realized, like, that was my therapy. Like, being able to play a song and see someone's face change. Mm. Like, make them sad, make them happy, make them want to leave their house. Mm. You know, for me, that was my, my therapy sessions. But... You know, as I grew up, I also started seeing psychologists. You know, psychologists are cool. I think a lot of guys think psychologists are not cool. Like, just to make sure you're wet, 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 wet. Because right. sometimes it feels too good. It's like, ah, you I'm not the tat, I know. Yeah. But, like, I guess, you know, just the normal things that everyone does. Psychology, church. Mm-hmm. Church, yeah, yeah. A lot of gospel music in my playlist in the past four years mm-hmm. and I think mainly because you feel the you can feel when a room has no you know like sure. uh, yeah so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <not gay. laughs> yeah you've also spoken about God a little bit in your journey and how has it been being in the industry and navigating your relationship with God I know the industry often takes people away from it yeah. and I think that's a very extreme case but it seems as if you're very grounded you're good with the homie upstairs and he just literally been able to give you or rather put you on the path that you're on how is your relationship with him my relationship with God is, is as healthy as, as can be right now mm-hmm. but I always I always say it can improve always and that's mainly because a lot of my work gets in the way of me being able to go to church on mm, Sunday. I see. You know, I mean, you can imagine there's seven shows on the Saturday. Like, yeah. Like, but, you know, I always try to make time. And But one thing that I know is Mm-hmm. So you have to be on your knees and pray, you know what I mean? So for me, that's what I do. I talk to God a lot, you know, and, mm. and I make sure I get more rope. So, yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. And through the creator or out of the creation process of creating a song, what is the thing you enjoy the most and the thing you enjoy the least? Let me start with the least. Okay. The least is... Just going back to Spotify as well, you know, uh, DSPs, the least I enjoy is mixing and mastering. Yeah. Because, you know, trying to get a song, after I've done the whole idea, it's getting expanded. Now I'm trying to get it like to sound as the, the OG idea. But what I like the most is, 
you know, making something out of nothing. Yeah. Like I've seen many people mesmerized, like, you know, utile, utloira habli mola. And then on a beat, on a sale, and you're going to hear that like a hundred times. Yeah. Until the melody comes to mm. whoever, and you know, they add that, and mm. then there's words. And at the end of it, it's a full song. Mm. I mean, for me, I think that that process alone also shows me, you know, the power of God, because we, we're inspired from somewhere, right? Yeah. I, I don't think it would be my brain for sure. that, you know, that kind of translates what I went through. I think for me, it's God. And I always say, like Gemetsu Mafuku. Mm-hmm. That's what it happens in studio. Like Gemetsu Mafuku. Mm-hmm. And they do come like most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I enjoy the most. Okay. And the, okay. So least is the mixing and mastering and the most yeah. is literally just the process and how it comes to you so easily. Yeah. I'll do that every day. I would like, people always ask me like, what do I enjoy more? Once you've seen me in studio, you see how happy I am. So it's uh. like performing or studio. And I always say studio. Okay. Over performing? Yeah, because I've always been a shy person, right? So I was shy? taught this. Yeah, I was taught like to speak. Okay. So I had to learn it. Like, oh, okay. So what's funny about voice? I mean, I'm sure 90% of people here don't want to hear their own voice messages. Yeah, 100%. So imagine now I'm speaking like this. Every day. And then, I'm mobile, I'm on YouTube, I'm Twitter, So I never wanted to do anything else but make the music. Okay. So my first idea ne, mm. of being an artist, Nelly, was a mask. Peter spoke. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was the first idea, obviously. Like it crashed. But, yeah. you know, I still have those those the, the essence of that in me. Mm. I still want to hide. I think if you see Ghetto Gospel, you find me wearing a mask as well. Yeah. Most of the time, if you find me outside, I'm wearing a mask. It's like, I don't think I'll ever get over the fact that when people see your face, they have, a, like, uh, you have a conclusion from just seeing me doing my own thing. Normal thing. Yeah. Just any normal thing that yeah. you're doing, someone has a conclusion about you. Okay. For me, I can never get over that. Get used to that. I think what's so beautiful about your story is that I can sense that you don't only do it for yourself, but you do it for the community that you've come with, your family, your friends, and just everyone who's helped you get here. I want to know, personally, I don't know if everyone else in the room knows, but who makes up the Spitori Super League? Spitori Super League is everyone from Pitori. Okay. Everyone that's doing their thing. Pitori Super League was me trying to, you know, say, why do want to be doing Like, I think there's Mapurisa, there's me, there's Chico, there's Charo, there's Chico, there's Bobby Cooper, there's mm. MJ, there's Melo and Sleazy, there's, yo, yeah. so I wanted something that, you know, kind of, something to be proud of, to be part of, you know. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a team, it's, it's a emotional support, mm. it's a creative economy, all in all, you know, and, and Pitori has that, you know, we can do something like that. And when we host shows, that's why you see us support each other. Yeah. When it's music, we support each other, whatever. Okay, that's beautiful to know that you're not alone and that so much of a community is present in your everyday life. 100%. As I said, collaboration over competition. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really cool. Um, I find that in other genres or even just other aspects of life, that's not the case. People are often pinning themselves against other people in order to get to the top. And I think what's really refreshing with Amapiano is just seeing you guys support no, each other. No, they still Oh, never mind. Yeah, like, Sorry. Yeah, if you're not in Pitori Super League, I'll type Pitori. Oh, okay. It's war. Like, especially with me. I look in the camera and even say it, it's war. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, for me, Pitori is different. That's family. You know, they yeah. raised me. That's who I am. Uh, so, 
Yeah, I'm talking about that dad. I want to like I could never you never find me in a war with a person from Pretoria. Are you high resolve for one time? Yeah. Come hold you Monday, but anything else Lee, now I get the little guy ralwa. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, but you're about yours and you protect yours. Yeah, 100%. Okay, and what does a normal day in the life of Foka look like? I was speaking the other day about Reba and how she overworks me. So I want to start something called Aye. Kosatu for artists. Kinyaka Kosatu for artists. Because yeah. my day is like, they don't belong to me, to be quite honest. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm just doing many things like greasy tunes i was learning right now asking at villain like yo what do you think greasy tunes is really about so my day is literally filled with learning i ask a lot of questions mm. i think i'm a super emotional person so yeah going through the motions i'm sad i was trending today you know uh, what were you trending for if you want to uh, talk about it nah, okay i don't want to at time but so. ah. you know it's just like yeah it's uh, everything that you would imagine it to be everything you do see on social media is true mm. like i'm buying you know i'm buying my mom boroto more but at the same time got trend later i'm going to a show mm. i'm gonna come back and hear my sister you know complain about it. my nephew Khabi show he yeah. dances now he like he figured out how to dance yeah. i don't know from where yeah he knows how to use tiktok so yeah. my life is normal and then david was video calling me same time oh, normal yeah pori was calling me outside pori was calling me you know? outside No, it's Normal. just I give you asked, was it? I'm answering you. It's just, you know, that's yeah. just what what happens. Yeah. But yeah, it's still the same letavo from guys doing okay. all these things. I'm curious about your relationship with social media. Obviously because you have so much of a presence and so many I don't followers. care anymore. Oh, okay. So what happens with social media, right? Is when you first when you first encounter it, it feels like your world is crashing like like literally. Mm. So I used to go through this weird depression like when I was trending. I probably would have canceled this like hey I want trendy so it's king but but then I realized like a lot of the time on social media it's about popular opinion the same way you can direct people to a restaurant you know yeah. and manipulate it so I was like ah Joe what's on Joe what's what all that thing along and if you're famous and 2 million people know you there's no way yes. that 2 million people have good intentions for you 100%. i mean these same people kill jesus christ 100% <laughs> yeah i got a flower okay Okay, that's good. I think it's important to be able to differentiate between real life and social media and that's what I often say like social media is not real to me. Like it's the uh, I I just feel like whatever people have to say or what they're doing can never affect someone in their real life. I mean, you can be upset, but it's not going to stop you like you said from going to a gig, from performing on an international stage, yeah. from doing what you do best. No, I'm not strong. I used to be like like heavily affected okay. just now ah, recently no, ah. where you were like okay people did they what are gonna trend on twitter and tira langare life but you know back then it really affected me i think i once spoke about it like i think it was a g when i was the gq cover i spoke about like me being the gq cover in the same year where i was trending like every single day for mm. something that I like I had no control over like okay I got post that trend yeah mm. so it eventually got to a point where it's depressing it's like do people like they just hate my face mm. and then after all I do what's on the I do what's on I'm catching what's on the papa okay and I would like to know 16 days of no sleep where did that come from what inspired <laughs> that because 16 days I mean you know so okay. there was this guy where get dunga 
Okay. Not after the 16 days, no sleep. And then it's basically like how we flipped it into hustling and, you know, going hard for what you what you want. I, yeah. had landed, I forgot where I had landed from. And I landed and went straight to Pori's place mm. recording. And he's like, hey, so Osave Tile, the Aparatoga Airport, no better 16 days, no sleep. And then it kind of just stuck. Even kind of like right now, I'm straight from the airport. Yeah, it's just you're talking about your life, your real lived life. Yeah, every single day. Okay, I also wanted to find out from you what has been your favorite international stage that you've performed on. My favorite stage has to be O2 Arena. Okay, uh, mainly because you know I've seen Beyonce perform there. Uh-huh. Like I've watched too many O2 Arena performances. I never thought in my life I'd be the first South African to be there yeah like, you know that's like god's blessings yeah this is real so being on there yo i felt like crying i think you can hear my voice crack you no know, we so, can't yeah. you sound good you can hear it like no. i think you know they took some clip and said no man this guy man yeah and it was just that moment for me to see like yo twenty thousand flashlights yeah all for you yeah but yeah. At the same time, it also it, it's also important because it represents the vision. The vision is to go to Madison Square, to go back to Oto Arena and make sure, you know, we do it with just us, mm. you know, just South African music. So I think for me, yeah, those, those are one of my main focuses to say, if we're really going to export this, we're really going to have to, you know, monetize it in a way that the shows make sense. You yeah. know, we're going to have to do Oto Arena, you know, move from, as you said, the piano, the piano stage. That can't be what we're calling it. This piano thing is as powerful as Afrobeat, it's Thanks. as powerful you know, as hip hop, yeah. as anything else, and it can stand on its own. So mm. the vision is to show that, you know, mm. to show. Yeah. I've actually heard you say that the only thing that Amapiano is missing is a Grammy. Not anymore. Not anymore, yes, in your past interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now but that- I used to say that, but. Yeah. Anymore, okay. Yeah. So you feel like Amapiano is making the waves that it does deserve and is getting the recognition that it deserves internationally, globally? I feel like Amapiano is progressing. Mm-hmm. And it's getting to, it's going to get there, you know. Why I say not anymore with the Grammy is I don't put as much value on validation as I used to. You okay. know, uh, like nothing can invalidate the fact that I made a kid from Bitori believe that they can travel the world. Yeah. You know, there's no awards for things like that. So, yeah. And that's what Amapiano is doing. Everyone mm-hmm. believes that they can take over. Like you have this certain spirit in the youth. One thing I do say now is Amapiano has done more for the youth than the government. Facts. You know, like you have this spirit from the youth that, yo, Juntonga Langarga Ira, Antar Langar Nu, Rostrai Kapila Pila. Like you're, you, you're more likely to, to start a real riot yeah. if a piano artist is involved. Yeah. If you're not a politician, it's in President Estrada. Okay, <laughs> I think I'm going to open it up to the floor and just find out if everyone ha- if anyone has questions for Focalistic. Oh, we got a few. You guys have been waiting for this. How's the Foca? Hello? Yes. Right, I'm a big fan. Um, I have two questions for you. So the first one is, um, what do you think needs to happen in order for I'm a piano to like get to the level of an Afrobeats, a hip hop where, you know, cause I see the the success that Afrobeats is having and, you know, it, it makes me happy. Like as an African, yeah. 
And, you know, when I hear you performing in front of 20,000 people, that makes me happy and, like, yeah. makes me super proud. Um, so what's the, what do you think needs to happen within the genre um, on a technical level, like maybe in terms of the sound and then in terms of like the infrastructure and business-wise? And then my second question is, what was the hardest like learning curve for you in this business, you know, aside from making music? Because I know, like I remember you said in an, in an interview that at this point making music is easy. So what was actually the hard part? Because I know there was a hard part somewhere. <laughs> Your question is jetpacked, yo. But like, yeah, from a technical po a technical point, I think Ama Piano already has its own identity. So there's not much that you can do with that. It's about you know getting the message. So when I say Ama Piano get family, now this is where you involve your Spotify, your PR people, your you know. So everyone has to have this Ama Piano agenda and respect it for what it is. For example, like I don't think it's pushed enough that Mdu started the log drum, like the log drum that everyone is eating from is do TRP. Do you know what I mean? And it's not pushed enough, you know? So I think it's our responsibility, everyone who's in the entertainment industry, especially globally as well, to, you know, push it there because technically, ah, come on, we're making the best music. I've, and I'm telling you this, like, for real. Like, I've been to Germany and heard their songs, not like, you know, I've been to Spain, like, Ejo, piano is the best music in the world. And it needs to be pushed like that. I think we need to stop being apologetic about that. Question number two, what are the hardest lesson? The hardest lesson I've learned, right, is that not everyone likes you. Mm. Yeah, like, that's just hard to learn, right? Imagine I just hate you from seeing your face, like, just actually, and I used to get, like, the weirdest ones, like, Shoot. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I think business-wise is, is spending your money wisely. You know, I don't think, I think for me, like, life orientation has to change as well. The, just the whole education system, mm. uh, because I went through, I went through it all, you know, like, uh, did varsity, and I never learned about SARS. Does that make sense? Like, mm. honestly, how can I go through all these years of schooling and never learn about SARS? Budgeting, on top of useless, during school time. You know, so I think the education system definitely has to change. There's actually a lot of lessons. I'm just giving you the, the, the short one, but yeah, I hope I've answered you. Shut up. Away, away, Foka. Um, I don't know if it's on. Is it on? No. Okay, I. Right, it's cool. Um, first question I also have two is where is Kabam Nati? <laughs> um, but on a serious note, I wanted to ask, like, Google asked you if, like, you knew you were going to be a star, right? And you said no. But, like, looking at your career, like, even from, like, as early as 2017, right? Like, the way you've been moving, you're one of the only few artists in South Africa and Africa who actually is, like, documenting everything. Every step of the journey is, like, documented. You go with the crew that records you. And, like, I think you're inspiring a lot of artists also coming up to, like, document everything. But, like, even just your acumen, the way you carry yourself, the way you do things, like, where did you learn that from? And, like, how did that come about? Yo, Okawa Monat is coming. Strata Nation Address EP is coming. <laughs> Yeah, I have like a lot of exclusive songs for real because I'm always recording. So, yeah, what happened with the song was we couldn't finish the video. So I need to drop it with the music video. You know, uh, the video is one of my craziest videos, craziest budget. So I wanted to take my time. 
Question number two. How did I learn? Amen. So I'm like me, like for real, you know. And I meet like crazy creatives as well who who taught me. I think the first person to record me and I was super comfortable was Jar Echo, which is crazy because he went on to become like one of the craziest photograph photographer of the year. You know, he recorded one of my my, my weirdest moments where I was rec- so I used to live at the wall on Tar uh, in Headfield. Hey man, shout out to Tender J in the building. <laughs> so I used to I used to stay at the wall and we were, we had this competition with homecoming events called Artists on the Rise. And he like wanted to document me getting dressed, you know, get ready with me now on TikTok. He wanted to record all of that, and he, he, you know, I just allowed him in my space, and he did all of that, and I told him I'm gonna win that. And from there, in 2019, I'm gonna go platinum, go, and this is all on his phone, like Huawei, why you do Huawei? And then from there, I think for me, I just, you know, I've always allowed people with a camera. I think entrance fee out and I go and send the camera. Like I record something, do something. So it's, it's it's just crazy how it's become what you said, documenting and, you know, showing people times and, you know, an extension of the music. Because I think some things would never make sense without the video. Mm. You know, if you look at like the Kekeleza music video being straight from Pitori to Paris. For people who've been watching the journey, for them it's super crazy that, you know, Pitori to Paris is in a certain music video. Like for real, it came out like that. So I guess it's important to always have good friends with, with good cameras. And, you know, at the end of the day, those moments will last forever, man. That they tangible. So yeah. I mm. I never learned it from anything. It's just yeah, it, it just naturally happened, to be quite honest. Uh, for me, man, uh, more than anything, uh, it's been great to watch you. First time I heard of you was through Steezers on campus. Yeah. And you were my first radio interview when I was doing campus radio. Yeah. So it's crazy. <laughs> I think the, the real question for me is like, yo, how does it feel when you figured it out, right? And you're rolling out and then the rollout is like, hey, we can't have the festival when we want it. What was that moment like for you knowing that you've put out this date? Yes. This is how you see it. This is how it's supposed to be. And to say, yo... Let's try it again in a different way. I was sad, man. Uh, I was sad because I knew that I would be leaving the country after that. And it would take a while for us to get back into that mood of the show. So we had an option of making it one month later or pushing it all the way to September. And why the music came out the way it came out was I was sad and trying to figure out like, how do we make this better? Not for just the fans or people who are watching, but for me. And, you know, just, I was in studio. And if I you play a ring, that's where that came out. Like, you're always going to have to deal with things like that, you know. I don't know if you saw, but people from UP, uh, I think TUT had a whole petition to say, it's too cold, Foka. You have to change it, you know. And I was like, I mean, if you get 5,000 signatures, and in my head, I thought they're not going to get 5,000 signatures. And the next day, literally 24 hours later, mm-hmm. there was 5,000 signatures saying, yo, please, doc, it's too cold. We're writing exams. So, you know, start like a strategy. You always have to pick it up and, and, and make sure Larry later. Hi. Um, as a Pretorian, I know the essence of Bacardi, of Nguari, of, you know, where it all started with Amapiano, which is why it is 
my favorite genre. It is who I am. So seeing from where it began, where it was, to where it's going now, what do you think the turning point was? Because it's been around. We've loved the songs as Pretorians. We've, they've been with us since we were growing up. You know, like Vele Vele was an anthem for me. Yes. But nobody else knows it. So where was the turning point that now this is it? Like, this is where we're going. I like that question, you know, because the turning point is in having more people like you in these spaces, you know, being able to be represented. I think back then, but and you know, we're gonna keep this as Pitori as possible. You know, but being as you know, so let me edit, you know, so and I'm a piano being able to create, I would say the iPhone of Bakari because it kind of made it more accessible to everyone. You know, you listen to, do you know Manga? That's Bakari, heavily Bakari influenced, but Kazulu, you know, so being able to watch all of that happen is, is, is the reason why it's at where it's at right now. And I think it can only go up from here, especially if, if we keep an open mind. And I think we still get that pushback, especially myself, from a lot of people who want to keep it super pitori. Like, if I have a Zulu feature, like, they will literally on Facebook, I will find comments like, ah, Timan, Skimilema Zulu, Warregisa. You know, so I think keeping an open mind and educating people as well uh, of the importance of making sure that, you know, the music is widespread and, and lasts longer. Yeah. But shout out to you as well for pushing Pitori, pushing P, as far. Dumela Foka, Hola. So what's the one thing you want to be remembered for when it's all said and done? If it ends tomorrow, what's like, I'm not trying to, <laughs> like, I apologize. I apologize. But I'm not like wishing anything bad upon you, but it's what I ask myself. If it ends tomorrow, what is it that I or you or anyone else left mm. for the next person? I want to... Hey, I've never thought of that, man. I've seen... So I, I grew up around a lot of, like, you know, OGs, like, Yoriki, Maporisa, and, like, in the way I was taught, like, we've, like you never actually think about what you would be remembered as you you think of the tangibles that you leave behind you know so i want to be remembered for the music that i made the message that i pushed uh spitori you know being able to inspire said you know but focus on to know you know so for me that's what i want you know the tangibles let them live long you know let the music live let the messages live i've left everything in the songs yeah uh uh, I go by the name of Edda West. I am a podcaster, specifically a music lifestyle podcaster. Uh, so my question is more around the podcasting space. Um, so I'd like to make reference to De Crook, who has a show called Hashtag I'm Up Yonder to the World on Drums Radio. So I really wanted to find out um, what do you think was the impact of music lifestyle podcasters um, on I'm Up Yonder to the World in general on an international scale as well as on a local Oh, it's for you. Oh, damn. 
I mean, for me, you know, it's very important for podcasters. They, 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 you know, they form part of the creative economy that we were speaking about. You know, uh, everyone. When I say I'm a piano to the world, for for example, I don't mean just artists. I'm talking about even designers. On this is this is our chance. For example, what we're not selling is culture right now. You know, we're selling a performance, which for me feels like we're selling ourselves short. Like like a rock and then katama. But there's many more elements that we could sell. I want I wanna see Meola, maybe Narikisa, Papa, Momo, Mo Bramo, Lena, Arikisa Papa go contra Afro Nation. You know what I mean? Because they don't know what Mohodu is. Mm. They don't know what a bright is. You know, they don't know what we what, what we're really like dressed in, you know. So podcasters for me are part of that. You know, I wanna see a podcast at Afro Nation happening right there or at you know focus show sold out uh, Madison Square Garden 2027 on <laughs> yeah. but for me yeah everyone is important I think if if we have all those pieces together and everyone understands their positioning especially in pushing this whole thing this whole culture to the world for example another thing about West Africans is you'll find jollof everywhere mm. you know we all know what Omo means you know, so I think we need to, you know, learn a bit from that and understand that it's everyone. Everyone's as important as the next person. Yeah. I believe we have one more question. Yes. Sanbona. Yeah. Um, hi, Foka. What's um, good? For me, I think you may have touched on this maybe earlier, but for me, I've always imagined traveling to a foreign country and listening to Kom and Amapiano and wanting to see how people react to that. I'm sure you travel for leisure as well. How does it feel for an Amapiano artist or any other artist going to a country, you're not booked in that country, just there mm. visiting and you're seeing the response that people have to the music that you make back home? I mean, for me, I haven't yet, uh, but I've seen the response of, you know, the music, but I haven't yet traveled for leisure, you know. It's been so back to back that there's always a show. I think traveling for leisure, maybe family. But how it feels is crazy, man. It feels like a crazy dream. Like I'd never imagined that, you know, seeing people, maybe they don't even know you in the building, for example, and they're playing the song and dancing and dancing exactly like you. You see, one, the power of social media and the power of music. Music is the universal language, you know, that's what's uniting us. People don't care what you're actually saying before, you know, ever touch. That's when after in touch, so being able to see that is a blessing, man. Gom as well, you know, big shout out to, to Gom, big shout out to Devon, the Devon pioneers. Gom still plays in the rest of the world. I think it's bigger there, man. Like seeing how people are moving to Gom. Super crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, guys, that is all that we have time for today. I do want to say it has been lovely being able to speak to you and I am eternally grateful to Spotify and for Greasy Tunes for just giving us platforms such as these where we can get to know the artists on a deeper scale. And like you said, I think Amapiano is a culture more so than the song that we hear. So it's so nice to be able to hear from you and hear what inspired you, you know. So that is us, Foka. Thank you for your time. Thank Shocking. you for your words. Yes. <laughs> I'm freaking out that you said that. Okay. Um, thank you for your time. It has been lovely. I hope that you guys have all enjoyed. Please feel free to still chill and mingle, take photos, have a good time. But that is all from us. Yeah, guys. Bye. Choo. Thank you.